I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. Sometimes events happen in our lives that continue to teach us lesson after lesson. And COVID and the pandemic has definitely been one of those. From learning to set boundaries to limiting the services that we offer and learning to say no, we continue to see the impacts of that moving forward. And today, Heidi Lewis, owner of Heidi and Hope Pet Services, joins us again. She was previously back on episode 73. She joins us to share how she continues to grow and learn from her experiences of the pandemic, how she converts clients to new services, and what she sees her clients looking for in a pet sitter. Let's get started. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Colin, for having me on again. It's an honor to be here. Um, Like Colin said, I am Heidi Lewis, the owner of Heidi and Hope Pet Services in Naples, Florida. My company is named after myself and my business partner is like I like to call her. Her name is Hope, my almost nine-year-old corgi now. I can't not see a corgi and think of you and Hope <laughs> these days every single time. So. Yeah, me too. I'm one of those crazy people that if I see a corgi in public, I literally like pull over my car and talk to the people. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have to have, have to find your tribe, right? You're going to find your tribe. Yeah, So we last spoke, like I said, back in June of 2020, and that's, it's crazy to think it's been that long. And there's been so much that's happened since then. And we spoke to you last in the middle of the pandemic and COVID and everything. So catch us up on how it's been since then. Oh my goodness, Colin, if you would have told me in June, 2020, that I would be where I am today, I don't think I would have been as nervous (laughs) as I was the last time we spoke. Um, I have had an incredible growth in new clients and even my current clients, just the demand has been overwhelming. It's just people are traveling so much, um, taking a lot of like weekend trips and then just having a lot of new clients move into the area and getting established with a new pet sitter. So I've just seen a tremendous amount of growth in the pet industry. The demand is absolutely insane here in Naples and a lot of the other pet sitters that I've connected with are having the same exact, you know, good problem to have, but they're also feeling the, the same kind of thing. You've had this incredible growth for you. How, how have you managed that? How has that been for you to see that growth? And I think especially as you mentioned, like back in June, there was a lot of fear going on. So what was that like to process this and, and to experience this growth and these good things that you've had? Yeah. So in so 2021 last year, I was definitely in work mode all the time. I think there was just this kind of guilty feeling that if I wasn't working, then, you know, it was kind of like a failure since like I didn't work a lot in 2020. So if I wasn't working, I just kind of felt guilty that I wasn't. So I just was constantly in work mode all the time. And then once September of last year hit, I kind of was reevaluating and talking to some friends and realized that I could count on one hand how many days I had taken off the entire year. Mm. And that was in September. (laughs) So (laughs) I kind of had to do some reevaluating and some personal growth work as far as, you know, where do I, where am I getting this feeling that I need to work all the time to be successful? And, you know, where is this coming from? I was asked to be an early reader for Kristen Morrison's latest book, How to Recover from Pet Business Burnout. Um, And I absolutely love Kristen Morrison. Um, And it kind of, I reread it and after, you know, being asked to read it the first time and I just really set some boundaries, especially for the holiday season of 2021 and then going forward into this year. Um, 
So I really just kind of evaluate like, hey, like what's going on here? And I just didn't want to get to that point of burnout and then I wouldn't be and then I wouldn't be able to do this anymore. So that's really included just limiting my overnight stays. I do offer overnight stays in my clients' homes um, from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. And since people were traveling all of the time, it was I was I was doing maybe two weeks worth of overnight stays per month. So I was never home. Um, and just a side note, that's not pet related. I just got engaged in December. Um, yeah. So, you know, if I can be home with my fiance and my dog, I want to be home now. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, kind of setting those boundaries as far as limiting how many overnights I do per month and how many I do like in the year. Um, and that's really been putting into place with expectations with new clients. So if I have new clients coming in and they're wanting that overnight service, kind of talking with them, seeing what their pet needs is, is it, um, you know, senior animal is an animal with special medical needs. Like why are they needing the overnight stay? Why do they feel like they need someone in their home? In most of the cases it's, it's to make them feel better. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of realize, Oh, you can actually just do multiple visits a day. You can stay later at night and they really don't need someone overnight. So that kind of allows me to be able to still do what I love, but be in my own home at the end of the day, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's really helped a lot. Just setting like those boundaries and kind of getting clear on what I wasn't comfortable doing, like what was overwhelming me, what was making this job not fun. And that, and a lot of that was overnights, um, late, you know, super late night visits, and then not having any weekends off. So just kind of reevaluating the schedule and setting those boundaries in place has made this year, although still, you know, I don't want to say busy, but, you know, very full. The schedule is very full, but it's not as overwhelming as it was last year. So it's not going to get out of control. Yeah, I think just on that, understanding our terms and how we use them is really important. You know, not saying busy because busy means it's out of control and we didn't have mm-hmm. influence on it. I really like saying we're we're time constrained, right? Because that means we're yeah. we're setting those boundaries or or we're full because that means we're exerting some pressure on what this is going to look like. And you started off by talking about how you were constantly in work mode. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that as business owners and solopreneurs or entrepreneurs, we have to be do some self-reflection to recognize the modes that we're in throughout the day and that we have a lot of things that we need to feed and invest in. And so recognizing, ooh, if I'm always in work mode, if I'm always doing something, that means I'm not addressing my other needs. I, I, you're just, you're unable to do that. So for you, what other modes did you decide that were, were important for you? Right? How would you describe other modes as a person that you needed to invest in? I just needed to invest in, I think, more of myself and my free time. I mean, I was even, even if I wasn't necessarily on visits or driving when I was home, just sitting on the couch, I was, you know, responding to emails, doing the schedule. Like I wasn't setting time for work mode and then for me time or family time. And I felt like I was kind of losing myself because again, there's this, there was this guilt here where I'm like, oh, well, I didn't work at all in 2020. Like I made like almost nothing. So I need to make up for that by working all the time and being available all the time and, you know, not saying, saying yes to everything. So it just kind of got into this like unhealthy, this unhealthy thing where I just, I felt like, again, if I wasn't working, then there was a problem. So it was really just doing a lot of self-reflection and seeing again, like what was making this job not fun and what did I needed to do from here to solve it. And one of those big things was finally hiring. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That has been 
like one of the like the saving graces of of this job because I mean it's fine if you want to be a solopreneur and you want to have a set amount of clients that's completely fine and for a while that's what I wanted to do but once I started seeing the demand and seeing like where my company could go there was there was no choice but but to hire yeah well so hiring I know it, it's been it's been difficult for a lot of people and yeah. we were we we're all in that position of going. Um, maybe I never thought about hiring, but I recognize that there's a need so I can have some time off or I maybe, oh, there's a possibility for this business to grow and do something beyond myself. So when you decided I, I, I need to hire, what was that process like for you? And I know you're in, in Florida, so the market, the job market and things are a little bit different there uh, than, than some other places. But walk us through how it was for you bringing on somebody when that was never in the cards for you before. Right. So I started looking for help in the summer of last year of 2021, um, I did everything according to Kristen's more Kristen Morrison's hiring handbook, <laughs> literally read that and did every single thing according to her book. Mm-hmm. I purchased her hiring kit, which includes an application packet and a welcome form. Once you do hire someone and then their onboarding process. Um, I feel like that really helped weed out some of the people that weren't necessarily seeing this as an important job. They just kind of like wanted to walk dogs kind of, you know, and just do this as a side gig instead of seeing like, Oh, like I'm actually like a staff member with this team. And, you know, it's important for me to make those client connections and all the safety procedures. Like it, it really weeded out those clients that or uh, weeded out those uh, potential candidates that just didn't really see this as like a super important job. If that yeah. makes sense. Um, I did post a lot as far as the job goes on Indeed, and then I did post on social media. And I mean, I hired three different women, and they all quit before they even started. And just talking with different businesses locally in Naples, everyone's having the same exact problem where there's a lot of interest and a lot of people are completing the application. You know, they you meet up with them, you start like the training and the observation process, and then like they either just don't show up or they ghost you or they just completely quit altogether after putting in all of that work for the onboarding process. Yeah, that is really frustrating. That actually happened to Megan and I with one of our first hires. She came on and we were super excited about everything. We were in the like this is the first day we're reviewing the handbook. And we did everything. And then after that, she sent us a message and was like, I don't think this is going to work out. And it was like, oh, like okay. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of defeating to have that. Because like, you're so excited. You have all this momentum. You've invested all this time and energy into this process. And to have somebody walk out, like it, it, it hurts a lot more than I thought it would just, just as a personal, at a personal level. Yeah, exactly. And I, like I said, I just feel like it's people not necessarily understanding what the job includes. Right? Even if that, even if they've read the handbook, even though they've agreed to the terms and they've seen all the conditions that they need for this job, I think once they get into it, it's more overwhelming than they think it's going to be. It's not just walking dogs and petting puppies and playing all day, yeah. <laughs> although that is certainly part of it. And that's a fun part, but it's also, you know, communicating with clients. It's scheduling. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, so thankfully I was able to find, um, my first, she's an independent contractor for now. Um, her name is Amy and I found her in July of last year and she has honestly been a blessing. Um, I don't, I wish I had three or four more Amy's (laughs) on board. Um, eventually I would like to convert her into an employee, but she has a full-time job at a spa in Naples, in downtown Naples. And, but she's had over 10 years of experience uh, with grooming. 
So she's really had that hands-on experience that I was looking for. And kind of like you and Megan, I really wanted someone that had had hands-on experience taking care of pets, not just, you know, a random college student that really loves walking dogs. Like I wanted someone that's like had experience with pet sitting or some kind of pet industry. And that's who I found. Yeah. Well, and having those expectations of who you want, like from the get go really helps you as you start parsing through everybody, because it can get kind of overwhelming as you get all these applications in to sit there and go, "Uh, how do I how do I compare this? Right. I don't know how to weight one thing over another. And for us, we kind of developed a little bit more of an idea of what we wanted the person to look like as we started to parse through some of the applications because we had written down what we had thought we wanted. And then as we started to get people, it was like, Oh no, actually that'd be really cool. If somebody had that. So that's a good idea. And you kind of yeah. kind of grow into it a little bit to find that person. And especially if it's your first time or even your fifth time or whatever, like you, you kind of are growing with the needs of your clients and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you heard of time to pet? Dan from NYC Pooch has this to say. Time to bet has been a total game changer for us. It's helped us streamline many aspects of our operation, from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, We actually tested other pet sitting softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature rich, and it's always improving. If you are looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com forward slash confessional. So when you brought her on, what was that What was that process like introducing her to your existing clients? Because I know that's a big fear of people of, of okay, I, I have built this relationship. I've gotten now, but I'm really busy. How much do I introduce or not introduce or make this transition? Right. Um, so with Amy, it was a lot smoother than I thought it was going to be since she's had that hands-on experience and she she's a manager at a spa. So she has that client one-on-one interaction a lot, which is super helpful. So I didn't really have to do a lot of explaining. And you also have to be careful because she's considered an independent contractor right now. And thankfully she has been an independent contract before for a pet company. So she knows kind of how that relationship works. Yeah. So oh. and you can't really call it training when you're bringing her in. It's she, I call it an observation day. Um, yeah. So like when I brought her in, um, if clients wanted to meet her like face to face before she would help me with any kind of pet visits, we would do a separate meet and greet. So even though it's not like the financially best for me and it takes time out of my day, it, I feel like it was a lot, it was very beneficial in the end because it got her meeting the client and the client meeting her and meeting the animals face to face before services began. And it made them a lot more comfortable with having someone else take care of their pet. I actually had some clients that were like, we don't really need to meet her. We trust your judgment. I'm sure she's lovely. And she, I would just go with her to the first visit and kind of watch how she does things. And then she would watch me how, to, how, she, how I do things. And then she would take over from there. So I did let my clients know pretty, pretty much after like a month of her kind of observing and getting her on board. I sent out an email in my newsletter to all of my clients, just informing them who Amy was, all of her background experience, and what kind of availability she was going to have. Um, so I really assured my clients that this is actually better for them because it makes it, as far as availability goes, you know, I, it'll be my availability and Amy's availability. So the chances of us being able to help you, especially for last minute requests, goes up because I have another person here. And they have a whole nother person to love on their pets besides me. Like they have a whole nother person that this, that their pets can make a connection with and love on them, which is great. 
trying to do that introduction in a good way, right? I think we, when we did, went through that process, we had one person that was kind of a little iffy about it, but they're, they're a, a special case client, right? Where they're like, uh, I don't know about letting somebody new into my house anyway. So we'll, we'll work on them, right? You, but you can go, that's a big fear. I know a lot of people have of like, oh, I can't introduce somebody new because my clients are going to love me and they just want me and, and the way I do things. But whenever you start thinking about all the benefits that this brings, right? That clients get that, right? They, they want predictability. They want reliability. They want somebody to be there, especially somebody who's being trained under you or, or has you, you as an example, right? Of, of the example that you're setting and they trust you, right? They trust you to make those decisions. And that's something that we forget an awful lot is that our clients really trust us to make wise decisions for the care of their pets, including who we bring into the, that uh, client uh, pet care relationship to help continue that care. Exactly. And, you know, not putting like everything on Amy, but it really relieved a lot of pressure of all of these requests and vacation sets that I was getting on a daily basis. It really like kind of removed that pressure of, oh, I have another person that I can ask. Or, you know, someone texts me in the middle of the day and says, hey, like I need an evening visit, you know, you know, we're planes delayed or whatever it is. And I can say, oh, like I don't have to interrupt my dinner with my family. I can ask Amy and see if she's available. And chances are she is. So she really has a lot of availability and during the evening and on weekends, which is exactly what I needed help with. Mm. So she's really been a blessing in that way. And then also she's really shown me, I have a couple, a couple of clients that actually mistreated her for something that was not on her at all. So she, if, if anything, she's also been beneficial in showing me that these clients were not treating me very well and I didn't see it. And the fact that they also mistreated her for not a value, you know, not a valid reason was easy for me to cut them off and accept other clients who appreciated both of us. And so then that way, she's also really helped. It's really, I mean, it's one thing to not really stick up for myself, but if you're going to mess with my staff for something that they didn't even do, that is not, you know, not a valid reason to be mad at them, then like mama bear is going to come out. So (laughs) um, she's really, she's really shown me, you know, to value myself and to have clients who also value me and her. So that's also been really helpful. Yeah, that's a really interesting take because I don't think many people think about that of I now have somebody over here and they act as a really good mirror and I'm able to see a lot of those interactions and see something from the outside, right? Of like, usually I'm the one doing that interaction. And so it's hard for me to pull back and, and, oh, that was a weird tone or that's a weird text or that was a weird interaction. Because we're busy and we're doing everything. And we're like, okay, that's just how this person is. But all of a sudden it happens to somebody else who like you value, you trust, who's part of your, you know, who you've brought on. And it's like you said, you get, it's, it's offensive at that point. Be like, oh, they did like, so using that as kind of a way to go do a little bit more self-reflection about what we're willing to accept and not accept. I think that that's, that's really interesting to hear how you were able to see that in, in the interactions that they had with, with her. Yeah. And I personally set an affirmation for myself every year. Like I have a word that I pick every year and I create that into um, kind of like a, like a mantra that I say every day, which is also a Kristen Morris thing. Sorry to like keep putting her out there, but she's amazing. Love Kristen Morrison. Um, but my word for this year was value. So my, my mantra is I will always put my value first. So that's really been reflected in how I'm communicating with clients, how clients are treating me, and just really setting those boundaries, both in my work and personal life. Hmm. 
That's beautiful. That's beautiful as a way to, to, to keep that focused and first of mind as you're making decisions. And I, and I know mm-hmm. part of that, you said earlier, was not doing overnights anymore because that was something, mm-hmm. it sounds like that wasn't something that, that brought you value or that brought you to the other things that you valued in life. How would you encourage people to pick their own word or to, to start putting something like that in their life to help them get a little bit more finer focus in their busy times? I would just encourage people to really reflect on what they think is not going well in their life currently. <laughs> um, for 2020, my phrase was, I will find someone who knows my worth. It was all about the word worthiness in 2020. Um, you know, really putting myself first, seeing that I deserved the best. And I found my future husband in 2020. Um, last year it was, I can do hard things. Um, so it was all about just, you know, putting boundaries in place, working a lot and knowing that I could get through any kind of struggle that was thrown my way, hiring included. And, um, so it just, I just really encourage people to kind of reflect and see what's not going great in their life and then kind of choosing a word that can help them through that. And anytime they're going through that struggle that keeps popping up, just saying that sentence over and over, even if you feel really stupid saying it, it's, it's always in your head. So you can always reflect it and go back to that when things aren't going right or there's, you know, whatever the situation is. Yeah. Well, and it's a little bit different than like a yearly um, resolution or something like that, mm-hmm. because it's a lot more, it sounds like it's a lot more encompassing and a lot more holistic approach to my life and my values and what I actually want versus a, oh, this is the one thing I'm trying to get from point A to point B on. It's, you can really start applying that to everything else. And like you said, some of these, the the, the phrases or the mantras that we come up with, Sure, they may sound a little silly, but what they do is they help keep us focused, right? It's one of those things of, it's kind of like the um, the, the fidget toys that, that everybody has, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. It's like, okay, this can bring me and center me here right now so I can remind myself of what's happening and why I'm doing this and, and what, what I want out of this eventually. Exactly. So like when those negative situations pop up or the negative self-talk pops up, you can just keep reflecting back on that. Like, you know, if, for example, in business, if a client is giving you a hard time about something and you just don't think you're going to be able to meet that expectation, just reflect on, for example, my, my value word, like, no, we're going to value myself first. I'm going to put myself first. And you know, that's how you kind of react in that situation. Well, I did want to touch on the, the, the overnights because I think that that is a, a big problem that a lot of people are having of, I know, I know we get requests like that all of the time of, I, I want an overnight. I want somebody to be here overnight, overnight. And, and you said you had a process of, of kind of, figuring out what exactly their needs were. What's been the response of of trying to con- basically convert people from overnights to drop-ins? Right. So I, I'm currently not taking in any new clients who need overnight services, but I still have quite a bit of people of like established clients that want overnights. And a lot of the situations are their dogs are older and they do have, they need medications at certain times or they have kind of separation anxiety. So it does make them feel better. And it's, you know, medically makes sense for someone to be there overnight. So I do have, I'm trying to have a handful of clients that I still will do overnights for, but again, limiting how many I do. So if they need to go somewhere for like two weeks, I'm not going to be able to do that because Mm. I've set my limit at, you know, this amount of overnights I'm doing per month. Um, so it's really just trying to figure out if their pet actually needs that or if it's just something that they just would rather have someone there. But 
you know, in my early twenties, when I started this business, I loved doing overnights when I lived by myself and was paying all of my own bills on my own. It was great to kind of like shut down my place and just live at other people's house all the time. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to be at the house alone. Like I can just take care of people's pets and let's stay in their nice houses. But, you know, I recently just turned 30. I'm engaged. My dog's getting older. Like I just want to be home with my family in 2020 really showed me that, that being home with my family is priority. So it's really just putting those expectations up front in place. Like I've been doing with new clients saying like, Hey, I, I really can't do overnights. So I can either refer you to someone else who does overnights, or we can kind of break down a visit schedule that makes you comfortable, makes your pet feel comfortable. Um, so it's really just been trying to like transition people from that kind of thinking. But again, if it is something that it medically makes sense, I don't mind doing those overnights and the clients that I've had for almost four years now, there's no way I would, (laughs) there's just certain ones, probably top five clients that I would not say no to, um, because I love their animals. Like they're my family. So, um, or, and I've even offered just to take them to my house. I've even just like looked into my insurance and seeing like what it would take to afford a dog at my house. Cause it really is. It's not about the taking care of the animal part, it's not being able to sleep in my own bed after a really busy day of visits. And if that means, you know, taking a pet with me that I've known for four years and I know is a great animal, like that's what I got to do. Um, but yeah, so it's really just kind of like reflecting on again, like what makes the job difficult and overnights is a huge thing. And I feel like, you know, doing overnights straight for four years, every single month, it was just something that was really heavy on me and kind of re-evaluating with my clients what they need. And then putting that expectation up front has really been helpful. Yeah. I, it's a really great reminder that just because there's a demand for it doesn't mean you don't, yeah. that, that you have to do it, right? Like I, we think about a lot of like, oh, what are my clients needs? What are people needing? And maybe how a business do I adapt and meet those? But as, as, as you've shown and as you've found your way through this, like just because people are asking for it doesn't mean that I'm the one to fill that need because it doesn't meet what I want with my business, with my personal life, with my family. Like that's not something that's worth it. And Megan and I started out doing overnights basically exclusively when we were when 10 years ago at this point where we were many times we weren't didn't go back to our apartment for a week or so at a time. And we were doing them separately and independently. And now it's just like, I can't even imagine trying to do that and accommodate people with everything else that we're doing. It's not something that we want out of our, with, for our lives either. So having that conversation with people and just being honest about what you're willing to do, what you're not. And then that education part, that's huge because a lot of people don't know what they don't know. They've never not had somebody stay at their house. So when we can come alongside them and go, I know this is what you have done in the past, but this is the service that we offer and this is how it can meet your needs in this way. Is this an option? A lot of times people go, oh yeah, no, that's fine. Actually, no, I actually want that (laughs) because they didn't know that they could, they could have that. So just having that conversation. One of the things that also happened to you recently was you were featured in a a local publication uh, online featuring local business owners. And I wanted to talk to you about that experience, how that came about and what that's done for you and your business. Yeah, so I actually have a really good friend who owns her own photography business in Naples. She's actually going to be taking our wedding photos. And she's I actually met her at my first job I had down here. I worked at Barnes & Noble full time. (laughs) And she trained me. But now we've both kind of followed our dreams and own our own businesses. So she actually was reached out to by this publication. And then she was um, able to nominate 
other women that she felt would be, you know, a good fit for this article. Um, it was called, it's called Shout Out Miami, and it's a publication. They mostly feature small business owners in the South Florida area, but they do interview kind of all across, you know, the globe as well. Um, and they really try to promote people so they can show them to support local businesses within their community and local entrepreneurs. So it was a very humbling experience because, you know, when you're working all the time and you're kind of like nose to the grindstone all the time, you kind of forget how far you've come. I mean, if you would have told 2018 Heidi, when she was just opening up her, you know, business for the first time that I was going to be featured in a, in a business publication, I probably would not have believed you. Um, but it was a very humbling experience. Cause again, like it's, it's good to reflect on how far you've come and, um, what, you know, what you can do for the community as well. Yeah, have those reminders in our lives of, oh, I did something, right? Like, I, th- this is something that I, my passion was, I did this, uh, and, and it kind of validates a lot of those, those fears, anxieties, the stress, but also those dreams and those goals that we have to have just somebody go, hey, tell us about your business, right? Like, just first, first off, hearing somebody say, tell me about your business, you're like, oh, oh yeah, I am a business owner. That's right. This is, this is what, <laughs> this is what I do. And it could be kind of weird. Uh, but to then be able to go, yeah, like I, this is something that I'm proud of. And and we don't take that time very often, like you said, Heidi, to just take that step back and go, well, this is really something. Like this is maybe not what I expected or could never have dreamed to have been here. But whether we get featured in a local publication or not, having that time in our lives to step back and go, wow, look at all these accomplishments that I've had that I maybe I don't notice. It, it really is a game changer for us and can really help us keep moving forward and really just, again, look at what we've done and say, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Especially when you're, you know, hard on yourself, things aren't, you know, something's not going well, you're not understanding things. You can say like, Hey, like someone is recognizing me for my accomplishment accomplishments that I, you know, I've made and this business that I've established. I mean, it's a big deal to be a business owner. Like, I just don't think people really even realize that you know, not just like a pet business owner, but just like being a business owner, like starting from the ground up, like that's a huge accomplishment. So anytime, you know, you're able to, you know, be recognized for that, you should definitely take advantage of it. Well, yeah, especially because we know that it's not in a vacuum, right? Like we're not just a business owner. We have personal lives with personal struggles, with personal anxiety, with other things going on around us, with fears that that aren't related to the business at all. And to see in spite of everything else that I have going on, this is being recognized. This is being viewed as important and as an asset. Because we, you know, they they don't see all that struggle. They don't see the personal side of it, you know, whether that's you know, I, you know, people deal with a lot of medical injuries or they deal with personal loss. They do have grief. They have all this stuff that's going on in addition to the small business that we're running. And yet the business continues to to move forward. Like that is, you're right. Like it, it really just helps you take that step back and go, okay, like this is, I, I see what's happening now. You are in Naples and you service the Naples area. And, and I, I feel like that's an, it's an interesting market to be in because it's pretty vacation heavy, especially it has a big seasonality of people coming in and, and yeah. going. So how, how are you servicing or are you servicing those vacation clients or how do, how are you finding that new people are finding you as they're coming to the area? 
as of right now, if it's someone that just needs like a visit, that's coming in just for a visit for like a weekend and needs help with their pet, I'm not able to accommodate that right now, just because it's a lot of work to set up a meet and greet prior to services and then get them on board with my pet sitting software and then doing the visit. It's just a lot of work on my end um, for a client that may or may not return. Um, and that's on top of having the majority of my clients are seasonal. So they're here for six months out of the year and then they leave to go back up north. So, you know, just taking on another like area of clients where they're just coming in just temporarily. Um, it's just a lot. Maybe if I had some more staff members and hopefully that's in the works for the future, um, we could accommodate that. Cause I do, it is hard to come into an area where you have your pet and you don't know any of if you don't know a local pet center, like it's a completely new area and you're not sure who to trust, I would like to accommodate those clients. But right now it's just not feasible for me. Um, however, as far as people finding me, I do keep track of all of my marketing strategies. So I love spreadsheets and I keep track of um, all the different ways people are finding me. Um, and thanks to my amazing web designer, Michaela with Pet, Market, pet Marketing Unleashed. Um, she actually created my website a few years ago and um, I've done some like, you know, updates with it, with her as well. My number one marketing strategy is Google. So people are finding me on Google, whether they search pet sitters in Naples, you know, dog sitter or dog walker in Naples. That's how people are finding me um, followed closely just with client recommendations. And then just the connection with the local businesses that I have. Um, that's also another way that people find me. Well, so how are you fostering those, those, relationships with businesses in your area. I know one thing that uh, both Megan and I really enjoy seeing is when you do a, a shout out to a local like brewery or place like that. How has it been building those relationships? Yeah, I mostly build the relationships on social media. So I do a lot of like feature Friday posts where I feature a pet friendly business in Naples. I actually just started a blog finally. Um, and I've been, you know, trying to do feature some pet friendly businesses in Naples because at the end of the day, our Heidi and Hope Pet Services, like our biggest thing is that pets are family and we see your pets as our family as well. So if you can include your pet and in, with daily fun activities, why not? So I'm always searching for, you know, activities and pet friendly places that you can take with your pet. Um, it's also just attending pet friendly events in the community and then even just like visiting these other businesses and making connections with them. And again, like just engaging on their social media, promoting them. And, you know, even if they're not pet related, just all the different things that you enjoy in your community and, uh, and promoting them as well. That's kind of how we've kind of fostered relationships. Again, I like that idea of going, well, they might not be pet related, but I as a business, I as a person really enjoy what they're doing. So why not? Why not just go and take a picture of you, you know, eating there or enjoying that time with them and again, help elevating what other people are doing, especially if it's cool things, or again, if it's in line with your beliefs or things that you value or, or just what you enjoy doing, like it doesn't have to be this big in-depth multi-point marketing advertising campaign event thing. It's no, this is what we enjoy. So here we are. Yeah. And it's just, you know, people sharing the same likes, you know, people loving the Naples community or loving pets, you know, it's that connection as well. And I'm originally from Ohio and I've, I used to vacation in Naples several times a year, and now I get to live where I vacation, which is incredible. And I love the Naples community. Like, I absolutely love being here. I love working here. It's given me so much opportunity in my life. And, you know, just celebrating that with other local businesses who are doing the same thing, who have worked their entire lives to be here and do what they love. 
I think, you know, that's also, a, an, you know, an important part of it too. And, you know, I, I try to partner with different, you know, pet supply stores, veterinarians, um, photographers, and even like apartment complexes. And this is mostly through just visiting these places on like my everyday needs. Like, oh, I need to go get some toys for my dog. I'm going to go to this local pet boutique and then connecting with that owner. Or like I said, social media, that's like the easiest way to connect and say, hey, and reach out and say, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so with this company. And I just want to say, I really enjoy your post. Like if there's anything we can do to help you and your business in the community, I think, you know, if we can feature you, um, I have an entire Naples favorites page on my website where I just feature all these different amazing local businesses where you can take your pet. So I just think it's the community aspect is really important. Yeah. Well, and it kind of gets at this uh, a businessy term there is this becomes part of our, our brand, right? Of who we are, where our beliefs are, things that we enjoy, that becomes part of our brand as the business. You know, you said, you know, I'm at this place and I just let them know, hey, I really appreciate this. Uh, we were doing interviews in our new service area and I do them at coffee shops for the in-person. And uh, I'm sitting there and the guy's like, oh, what are you doing here? I said, I'm doing interviews for my pet care company. He goes, oh, you picked an appropriate place. I was completely oblivious um, because what I didn't know is this place had actually undergone a new ownership change. And I didn't even look at the name of the company before I walked in. Uh, they're a, a black lab coffee and they're all about dogs and stuff. <laughs> stuff so i was like we need to talk (laughs) (laughs) just finding those opportunities and just introducing yourself like it's really basically all it is it's like hey this is me this is what i do what you do is cool just wanted to say hi and starting there right and it's just you know fostering those relationships and then they can recommend you to other people that come in their store or you know eat their food or drink their coffee they know you personally and can recommend you to others as well, which, you know, it's, again, it's not always about the business aspect, but that's just like a perk of making these relationships is being just, you know, kind of like the go-to person in your community. That's who they think of right away. Well, it kind of gets to a little bit of the, 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 the avatar for your client. It's like, okay, well, if I'm here and I enjoy this, I'd probably like other people who were coming to the same kind of establishment. So I can build a relationship with them, as you said, whether they are pet related or not, and start that start, you know, those referrals or just start that, again, that that community of people who are supporting each other too. Our friends at Pet Perennials make it easy as one, two, three to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct client gift service that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized sympathy gift reaches your client or employee. All gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. They also have an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards that can be sent to celebrate birthdays, extend get-well wishes, and welcome new and rescued pets. Additionally, there are gift choices in case you need to send a sympathy gift in memory of a special human client or celebrate pregnancy, engagement, or wedding of a pet lover. If you're interested, register for a free business account to unlock the all-inclusive discounted package prices. The service is leveraged on an as-need basis, so there are no monthly or annual obligation or minimum purchases. To learn more, go to petperennials.com slash pages slash GPS and use the referral code PSC at registration to get a unique coupon code to save $2 off any package that you send in your first 90 days. One of the services that you offer is pet transportation. And this is another service where I see a lot of people interested in or it's growing in popularity. It used to be kind of a niche thing, but I don't feel like it's going to be niche for very long. So 
how has the pet transportation been for you? What are really what are clients really looking for if, when they're looking for that offers pet transportation? Pet transportation hasn't really been my most popular service. I do have a couple of older senior clients who can't really get around, but they still want their dog to get you know some kind of socialization, whether that's at the dog park or at um, like a dog uh, you know play dates or something like something like that, or even just taking their dog to the vet. I have a lot of senior clients that just, it's a lot for them to get their dog loaded up in the car, take them to their vet appointment, absorb all that information and then take them home. So I, I just, I just have a few clients that kind of use that service. Um, it's not my most popular service. It is included in my um, insurance, but um, not really that popular of a service, but I mean, I like it because I like driving around with dogs in my back seat. So <laughs> Yeah, I I definitely think it's something that people like we can look into and go, is this something like maybe I don't do it full time or maybe it's not a big thing. But to the clients that want it, it can be extremely valuable to them. And they they, they really it's a really needed service for for a very particular set of clients, uh, especially if they the clients themselves are older or if they are busy professionals and you can really find a need for that and make that decision of whether it's something that you can, you know, I always say when I tell Megan about when we're adding services or thinking about stuff, it's like, it's free for me to add it to my website, right? I can, that doesn't, I can just throw it out there and we can see where it goes at least, and then kind of make some determinations about whether we're going to keep it around or not. Right. And I would say the majority of my clients, they're, you know, middle-aged professionals or senior clients. Yeah. So, you know, most of them are like super tech friendly. They love my software time to pet. They, you know, they really love having, they, they see a professional, another professional using a software for their business and they really like that. Um, so, you know, for the majority of my clients, you know, they really do want to get to know me and they want to get to know my services and they're doing a lot of research and a lot of reading on my website and appreciate my experience. So it is just nice to have that service on there as something that, you know, it's easy for me to put it on there and it's easy for me to incorporate it in my schedule since I'm driving around anyway. Um, so I'm hopefully the, you know, the service will, you know, kind of take off here, but you know, it is just nice to have that on there for the majority of my clients who might need it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you, you're, a lot of your clients are doing a lot of research about, is that about you? Is that pet care in general, or are they just trying to educate themselves to make the best decision possible? I think it, at least in my experience, they're doing a lot of research on me. It's, you know, we don't really live in like a super big, busy city where, you know, people are working all the time and they just want to find someone to walk their dog really quick and they just want to sign up on an app and, you know, and it's taken care of. Like they really want to meet me as a person and read about my experience and what I do. And, you know, and that really kind of opens the door for education as well, because they're seeing like, oh, like this is an actual business that she does full time. She's licensed, bonded, and insured. She has all these credentials. She She's pet CPR and first aid certified, which a lot of my clients don't even know what that is or that was even a thing. So, you know, it's really, it's kind of a combination of both where they're, you know, they're they're trying to learn more about me. And in the process, they're discovering all these other things of, you know, the pro- professional pet sitting profession. There is a, so much education there. You mentioned the pet first aid and CPR training. You know, we'll have that listed and some clients will ask like, is that for people or like, why do you have that? Like, we're not going to be home because they think it's for them. And I can, no, no, it's, it's, it's pet specific. And <laughs> it just, those kind of things just do open up a lot of doors for continuing conversations and helping them understand just exactly how seriously we take this. It's a, it's a weird, weird industry, weird service for a lot of reasons, but the, the basic services that we offer, they, there's a, they're, they're very light. They're very cheerful. They're very joyful. There's a levity to them. 
but we as professionals take them ex- like deathly seriously and we are constantly you know we we worry about things we stress out about doing it well and inc- improving our skills and knowledge and that's hard sometimes to communicate not just to the general public but sometimes to to potential staff and hires that we're trying to bring on to just exactly kind of this weird balance that we're in. Right. And I think having all those credentials and kind of educating our clients about what this profession is, it's really hiring the standard for professional pet setting. Like this isn't a hobby job. You know, we're not doing this on the side. We have experience, like hands-on experience with your most important person in your family. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a big deal. And I think, again, like it's really hiring the standard of this profession and people can see it as a real job. It's not because you know, I feel like people always think that this isn't a real job, you know, like, Oh, that's cute. Like you walk dogs, like, no, it's, we're running a business here. And, you know, we have all of these certifications and we work, we're continuing our education every year. You know, we're connected with other people in our community, other pet sitters around the world. You know, this is, this is a big deal and this is a big profession. So, you know, really just educating your clients that as well is is really important. Yeah. Well, so beyond educating clients about that, as, a, as an industry, um, what, what do you think we could do better to continue to, to raise that professionalism as, as a whole? I think, at least, at least for me and my community, it's been kind of connecting with other local pet sitters. So we, this profession is just like growing and growing and growing because the demand is needed. People are traveling, people are, you know, working all the time. So like this, it's the, the pet care profession, it's needed and developing some of these groups, like within your local community, you know, we meet quarterly. So every like three or four months, it's just like a group of professional pet sitters that we all come together and we kind of discuss, you know, what's, what's different in the industry and our community updates, you know, we recommend each other to other clients and that way we can kind of spread the word about, you know, this, a professional service. Um, So it's kind of just like, continuing to spread that education and making those connections either, you know, with other business owners or with the same people in your profession. So we can, you know, kind of spread that around. And then also like with social media too, it's really, you know, putting some educational posts out there about what a professional pet sitter does and what, you know, what, what is, what it's like on a daily basis. Cause we're literally like living, breathing this every day. And, um, you know, just kind of, again, just making those connections with other pet professionals is really it's been not only beneficial to me, but I think it's really important to get the word out there to other people and educating them. And recognizing that it's not a ship that's going to turn overnight, right? There are a lot of preconceived notions, biases, past experiences that we have to, as an industry, help people overcome uh, and help start seeing it, the industry, in a new light. Because for years and years and years, it, it really hasn't been. And that starts, like you said, with talking with other people and then sharing our experiences and letting people know exactly what's possible because again they don't know what they don't know and if they've never had an experience or an encounter with a professional pet sitter they don't know what that even means so we that's that's on us to to to, to tell them you started in 2018 and you survived a global pandemic and you are growing and busier than ever but what what's on the future what's the future hold for for Heidi and Hope yeah, so I definitely want to keep my process of hiring, um, you know, not giving up on that, like still trying to get, you know, the information out there and hire, you know, at least one or two more people right now and eventually kind of convert them into employees. I feel like that's really important. And it's also really beneficial when you are hiring someone with all the perks that they can have as an employee. Um, so I'm hoping that this will kind of gain 
more clients in some of the prime neighborhoods that I really love. So it can kind of be, you know, convenient for all of us if we have multiple clients in the same community. Um, And then hopefully this will kind of decrease my workload by having more health um, because I really want to open an online store. That's been like my dream for years now is, you know, creating some products for an online store. I just really want to be that kind of one-stop shop for pet care in the community. So, you know, we have, we can take care of your pet. We do overnights, you know, we do pet transportation and we also have pet products for you and your pet. Um, so that's really been a goal. Um, really would love to work with Kayla with Doc's design because I think her work is amazing. Um, so hopefully that'll be in, in the works, um, in the future and just, you know, really focusing on that online store. Cause that's something I really wanted to do. Kind of again, centering yourself in the world of the pet and the pet owner of going, my business can meet all of your needs and we can have little touch points all through this process. But, you know, maybe you don't need Heidi and Hope for the dog walks, but we have these products or maybe you don't need us for the products, but we can do pet transportation. And just trying to see a little bit, you know, from a business perspective, it's adding diversity uh, to your income and to things that your business does. But from the more community aspect, you're able to, again, have these touch points and impact more people at a broader scale. Right. And I think just Naples overall is super pet friendly and very pet oriented. I mean, mm. we, we have people here. I, I feel like everybody has a dog or some pet. It's, it's insane, but it's a, you know, it's great. And I feel like, you know, Naples is super pet friendly. And, you know, if anything that the pandemic taught me besides, you know, having more downtime and spending, you know, more valuable time with my family, it's having, you know, other sources of income. And I feel like having an online store would be, you know, another great resource to have and, you know, maybe possibly in the future taking a step back from the business and letting other people run it for me. And that way I can focus on other things and maybe, you know, teach other pet sitters in the future. Um, but yeah, but that's, you know, way down the road. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe next year. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, I think that's a, it's a good point to, to always be, thinking about where you want to go in the future and that as it's you know that includes looking back in the past and 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 recognizing that what I'm getting out of my business right now is probably not what I originally thought I wanted out of my business when I first started right like my purpose for the business it changes maybe it's still to provide pet care but then it's wow this can actually do something for me give me this my business can now give me more time for family my business can now give me more opportunities to do other things. And we, again, when we think about reflecting and looking at how far we've come, looking at, oh, my business is doing more for me now than I ever thought possible. And, and yeah, I, that's something that we, we don't often think about. Well, Heidi, I want to thank you so much, so, so much for coming back on the show and for sharing all of your updates and all the exciting, really fun stuff that you've got going on and for encouraging us to get out there in the community and continue to make those investments and look at our businesses as something that can do more for us. Um, but if people want to follow along with all the cute uh, Corgi photos and, all the- <laughs> and read more of the blogs that you're putting out there, how best can they do that? Yeah. So um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram under Heidi and Hope Pet Services. My email is Heidi at H and H Pet Services and is spelled out. So it kind of looks like hand H Pet Services, but that's what was available at the time. So if anybody wants to follow me or message me or direct message me, 
um, please feel free to do that. I am open to, you know, gaining more friends and, you know, helping anybody out that needs any kind of help. And if you just want to like all of my Corgi photos, that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Corgi photos. <laughs> there is a lot of Corgi photos. <laughs> that's awesome, Heidi. And I'll have all those in the show notes and on the website and really encourage people to go check out all the awesome stuff that you're doing. Again, this is, it's always fun. Super glad to have you back on the show. Thank you so much, Colin. And again, just you and Megan have again, have just really upped the standard for the pet industry. And I just appreciate everything that you guys do. And I would not be here today if it was not for you and the connections that have allowed me with other pet sitters and to grow my business. So I really appreciate everything you guys do. You're very, very, very welcome, Heidi. Thank you. That means a lot. I always put my value first. I always put my value first. That looks different for every single one of us. We have different priorities. We view our value differently, and we are in all the different situations. But at the end of the day, it means that we say yes to things that are in line with our value, and we say no to things that aren't. And this is the meshing of the personal side and the business. Too often, we think that the business is totally separate from the personal and that my personal life can't ever get involved with my business. But the fact of the matter is, is that they are enmeshed because you are running your business. It's your business. You have a personal life. You have fears, struggles, anxieties. You have a life outside of the business, whether you recognize it or not. So do you have your value there? Do you recognize that you have inherent value as a person? And do you let your business align with that or not? These are tough questions. These are hard. And these are not the kind of questions that we thought we'd be getting into when we started pet sitting, whenever that was. But we have to ask them because if we don't, we go into burnout and we start having a business and having a life that isn't anywhere close to what we thought we wanted. And we end up letting the business run our lives and our clients run our lives instead of us being at the helm. We really want to thank our sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials for making today's show possible. And we really want to thank you for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll be back again soon. (laughs) 